listen, if you dare, to this Sundown 96.6 presentation. Turn down the lights and plug in your headphones as you are immersed in a spine-chilling realm of alien encounters, ghostly apparitions, hair-raising beasts, unidentified flying objects, and more. Welcome to the Cult Class Podcast. My name is Caitlin, and I'm an artist and paranormal enthusiast. I create art as cult.class on Instagram. I am joined by my husband, Nick. This podcast is your one-stop shop for scary stories, paranormal news, and movie reviews. Listen at your own risk. There may be consequences when meddling with forces beyond human understanding. You have been warned. We're back. We're back. (laughs) We have recorded this probably 10 times now. We're so rusty with doing the podcast. Just to even get to this point. (laughs) Just keep pausing things because we can't say words right. The dogs are in the background doing things. It's just the whole thing. We're back. We took a little summer vacation uh, from the podcast. Just took a little break. I feel like I launched this podcast over a year ago, mm-hmm. and we've just been running and gunning. gunning. <laughs> See? I'm not going to even pause it. We're no. not going to redo it. Running and gunning ever since I started. So um, we t- just took a little break and reformatted a bit, right. changed the name of the podcast. Uh, so this is now season two. Of? Of the Cult Class Podcast. Oh wait, gonna get half used to. Gonna get half to get. I can't even talk. Gotta get used to saying that. I know. So now we are officially in season two, episode one, and we are gonna air new episodes weekly until Halloween. So the new format of the show is we're gonna talk about um, what's going on with us, any paranormal like new headlines that are you know news that week, Mm -hmm. and then we have a listener story. Uh, movie club we always have movie club and of course the way to participate in movie club is just watch uh, the movie that we pick each week and then we have our scary story of the week and so that's what we're gonna do and if you want to be part of the listener story you can submit your story via voice memo to our new email address which is at 
or it's not at. I guess that's like an Instagram handle. But you can follow us on Instagram. Yeah, at, now you can follow us on Instagram at the Cult Class Podcast, and you can email your listener story voice memo to the Cult Class Podcast at gmail dot com for. Uh, a possibility of it being on the show absolutely and we try to look for like five six seven eight minutes something like that mm-hmm. it's a brief intro of yourself and tell us about your story we'd love to hear from you yeah i want i definitely want to hear those stories oh, man, and we got a we got a we, serious one today we got an awesome one today an awesome one today uh i'm not even gonna say anything i'm not gonna spoil it <laughs> right now we will jump into uh what have we been doing well, we've just been doing summer things, riding roller coasters. <laughs> riding roller coasters, which you love, I don't. <laughs> which Nick really doesn't uh, love. <laughs> so that's been something. Other than that, we've been preparing for archery season here, shooting our bows a lot, getting ready, getting dialed in. Yes. Uh, getting ready for bow season. Our homestead is great. Yes. Our animals are great. Everyone's happy. Everyone's uh, just enjoying the warm weather and... Mm-hmm getting ready for the fall we got a lot of fun stuff planned for the fall so the best time of the year and now oh my gosh we've been watching so much sam and colby on youtube shout out sam and colby on youtube yeah so if you guys are into paranormal investigating stuff like ghost hunting kind of stuff check out sam and colby on youtube my cousin recommended this and i was not sure at first because their videos are not your traditional ghost hunting videos to be honest they're very fun right like yeah they're, they're very like in engaging guys yeah like high, laugh. Ener- high energy yeah very uh attention grabbing yeah so i i was like i don't know because usually ghost hunting shows are pretty i mean if you think about ghost adventures or something they're very serious but yeah, these guys yeah. bring a very lightheartedness they to really it. do yes totally but some of the stuff they capture i mean granted i don't know with ghost hunting if it's you know, I don't know if people are staging things Behind or what. Yeah, like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know these guys. But... The content they put out is crazy, though. Yeah. The things that they supposedly capture... Yeah. ...are insane. Insane. So if you guys are interested in that, you can watch them on YouTube. Um, I'm trying to think of some of our favorite episodes. Like, The Stanley Hotel was really good. The Conjuring House was yeah, really good. Yeah, they have two or three episodes on The Conjuring House, which are all great. And which is so fun, because we've been there. We have an episode about The Conjuring House that you yes. can go back and listen to. Yep. Just type From it in. From last winter. Um, and there was another episode. It's called, like, it's not The Biltmore Hotel. Is it The Biltmore Hotel or something like that? And they do a seance, and that's all I'm going to say. And it's one of the craziest things. Like... It's creepy stuff, man. Creepy stuff. A lot of wild stuff out there. Yeah, we watched some of that, and then we're like, oh, let's turn on Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have a palate cleanser, those kinds of things. A little too creepy, some of it. So uh, that's what's been going on with us. Okay, let's jump into some paranormal news from this week. So one headline that I've really been interested in is these alien beings that attacked a indigenous village in peru and it's like a very remote village right talk to me about this yeah okay so it's an indigenous community and these people claim that they saw these big green beings who are attacking them and it's been caught on camera like it was caught on camera these beings and stuff of course it's blurry of Uh, course it's blurry oh i was just about to say i've seen this on the web and they're blurry photos yeah they're blurry (laughs) of course because we can never get a why i mean it's funny because even when we're out running and stuff and we want to take a picture of just a bunny it does you know even if the bunny's 
20 yards away. It, it pixelates. It pixelates. Sure. Like, it'll look blurry. So it's believable that things get blurry, but it's like, of course these photos are blurry. Exactly. You know? It's like, so they, it is caught on camera that these alien green beings are coming from the sky and attacking these indigenous people. And so the authorities went out to investigate it. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. I mean, they really investigated yes, it. Yes, right. And they came back and they said that they were illegal miners with jetpacks. <laughs> That's so crazy. I just want to make sure I get this right. Oh, my god. Illegal goodness. miners with jetpacks. Yeah, that's it. So they're saying that these people are flying around with jetpacks wow. to scare this indigenous community. And these this community is like, no, these were... Aliens. Green, like alien. Like, yeah. I don't know if they're aliens or like monster, like sure. big green creatures that we've never seen. Sure. But... These were something we've never seen before, oh and they gosh. were flying in the sky. And the authorities are like, no, they're just people on jetpacks. Oh, my God. And that's that's the official story. That's the official solution. And now I've heard that um, sometimes these indigenous communities are harassed by people who are, like, trying to get to their, like, natural resources. Sure, of course. So. Not cool, by the way. Yeah, not cool. So, I would people come in on jetpacks in like in like alien With garb, light? kind of. Yeah, like I, I don't it know. It seems far fetched to me. I don't see the purpose. Yeah, I don't see like the angle. I mean, it just seems like a really, really super odd story, and it reminds me of the one from Vegas a few months ago, where right. the people called authorities about a creature in their backyard, and that one just disappeared. Mm-hmm. We we have that green fireball falling from the sky on camera. Um, it's on police body cams and stuff, right. and that whole story is just gone. Yeah, so, wiped from the news cycle. This story, very strange. Keep an eye on this. I'm curious if anything develops on this if there's like a local who wants yeah to speak i mean out. if you guys know anything about this please or one of the that. illegal miners with the jetpacks that <laughs> yeah. say hey it was me it was a it was a, a great time or yeah something. if you like really want credit for like harassing these people as an alien you know let us know <laughs> i mean we'll give you a shout out for sure if you tell us no doubt <laughs> but um, just a really interesting story so you can read more about it but if you guys know anything about it definitely let us know It's time for the listener's story. (laughs) This week we have a very special listener story from a friend of the show, Matt Knapp. He runs Bigfoot Crossroads, the podcast, and it is just a phenomenal podcast. He does a great job. He's well-spoken. He has interesting stories, and um, I'm just so excited to have his story on this show. So he sent us this story. This is his personal eyewitness Bigfoot account. Um, You can follow him on Instagram at Bigfoot Crossroads, and you can find his podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Bigfoot Crossroads. This story takes place in the Chickasaw National Recreation Area in Oklahoma in September 2002. Now, this park has a history of Bigfoot activity, a history of Bigfoot sightings. It's a national park. It's very popular in the summertime for campers. And uh, tourists had made different Bigfoot reports over the years. So you have a very weird situation because, like, that's not typical. 
people just don't think that it's possible that you know bigfoot would come around all these people during tourist season but uh in this area it seems to be the case so in this park there's a nature center it's just like a little public building they've got some displays they've got a few animals like snakes and stuff that you can find in the park you know in in big terrariums and stuff to look at you can buy books brochures whatever and it's at the trailhead to a series of different trails and out in front of this nature center is of course a parking lot but there's woods wrapping all the way around the parking lot and back behind the nature center building and we're in this parking lot and the story was that at night bigfoot has been seen raiding trash cans in that nature center parking lot there's a large group of us we're kind of separated into different groups one of the people that i'm there with is kind of off to the side at the edge of the parking lot he's got a gen 3 night vision scope he's kind of scanning the woods now during the night we had heard sounds off and on we had smelled a foul odor kind of skunky every now and then that would come and go so there were things going on but nothing that i was getting excited about most of the group had moved on and i was just kind of back with this guy he kind of stops yells at me hey come over here tell me if you see what i'm seeing so i'm looking through the night vision he's trying to guide me i can kind of like see his finger through the scope and he's like pointing this way towards the trees at an angle inside the tree line i don't know how far 25 yards maybe from where i'm standing i see these bright shining eyes looking straight forward at me my mind is trying to process what i'm looking at like is that deer is that an owl and i focus in on the eyes and see that surrounding the eyes is a a face part of the face there's a tree limb like a small small tree limb that's kind of cutting off the bottom part of the face just below the mouth i don't see the chin in other words and there's another tree limb going across the top of the head so i can't see the very top of the head but i'm seeing everything in between just perfectly clear it's got a heavy brow ridge this thing that i'm looking at the brow ridge is farthest out at the middle like between the eyes not on the outsides it's not like a uniform thing it's like kind of tapered off towards the sides hair is growing from the brow ridge up backwards over the top of the head to me it kind of had this old lon cheney wolfman appearance to it the cheekbones are high set and really pronounced the eyes are sunken in very deep the eyes are reflecting brightly in the night vision but they they look almond shaped almost teardrop if the tears are sideways with the more rounded part in the middle it it was so weird they were they were too big and farther apart than they should be the jawline was visible and broad and muscular and was actually wider than the cheekbones and the top of the head the mouth was wide with thin lips the bottom lip was bigger than the top and it looked like it had sort of an underbite i didn't see any teeth or anything but it just had an underbite appearance to it the nose very much like a human's uh the bridge was more scooped it didn't it wasn't very pronounced at all it was thinner compared to the nostrils the nostrils were slightly upturned but not much 
just more so than a human. Very broad, how we have like a tip on the end of our nose. This didn't have like a really pronounced tip at all. The hair was basically, if a man grew the facial hair out, that's what it was like. It wasn't around the eyes, you know, mustache, beard, cheeks a little bit, but otherwise that was it. The hair was definitely thicker from the brow ridge up. There was not like a bare forehead like you see with Harry and the Hendersons. And the head looked very sloped backwards. Now, to me, the top of the head was obscured by the tree limb, so I couldn't really tell. But it didn't look like it was going conical. It it looked more rounded from what I could tell. I didn't see any ears. I, I couldn't tell size. I didn't see a body or anything like that. Just that part of the face. And it was staring right back towards us. I looked at it from, you know, it seems like forever. It was probably 30 seconds. I pulled the night vision scope down. So, like, the first thing I noticed is as soon as I pull the scope down, I can't see anything. Like, I'm blinded. And I look at Robert. That was the guy I was with. I was like, is that a face? And he's like, that's what I saw. I saw a face. So I'm not crazy, you know. And I'm like, putting the night vision back up to my face and looking again, and it's just gone. There was never any sound, no nothing, no movement. It's just gone. I could see where it was, the formation of the limbs or whatever, and the gap that I had seen the face in, but the gap was now closed much more by the limb that was going across the bottom. So I've always kind of thought that it was holding the limb down to like peek through at us and let go of the limb, and the limb came back up after it left. The, the first thing that impacted me later on, because for a long time it was just processing, you know, going through the Rolodex of what it could have possibly been. You know, did I just hallucinate? But what, I mean, Robert asked me over there to look at it because he saw the same thing. But one of the big things that stood out in my head whenever I saw it was that it didn't look like what Bigfoot is supposed to look like. But uh, there's actually more to that story. That's where things start getting tricky. That wasn't the only thing I saw that night. In that same area, at the front entrance of the parking lot, there's a trail that parallels the road and then curves back off towards the nature center direction going back off into the woods. I'm with uh, another group of people. It's a little while after that happened. This woman I was standing next to, she's like looking down this trail and she's like, what the hell is that? And I look down this trail and I don't know what it is. All I can tell you is there's something on the trail that's very large and it was a full moon that night and the moon's like coming down through the tree limbs and it looks like something (laughs) oh this is so crazy it looks like something's in the dark and you can kind of see the moonlight hitting like what looks like the top of a head that just kind of slowly pulled back into the shadows and I mean freaking slowly And then it looked like part of a foot lifts up off the trail and pulls back into the shadow. But it's on a trail. I'm looking down a trail. It's perfectly clear, but this thing is just dark in the trail. Well, this car starts coming down the road. And there's a curve that the road takes right there at the entrance. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, this car is going to come down this road. And whenever it goes around that curve... It's headlights are going to be on this thing. Whatever it is. So if something's there, I'm going to see it. 
if something's not there, I'm going to know it. So I'm just standing there staring down this trail. This thing's probably 30 feet down the trail. It's not far down the trail. The car's coming. Headlights start panning. Crash, crash. I mean, a huge crash off to the left of the trail. Headlights pan across. Nothing's there. And you hear something run for maybe 30 yards, 50 yards at the most through the trees and stuff, and then just stop. And we're just standing there like, oh, my God, what was that? I can now see it's like night and day looking down the trail. They're like, I can see way far down the trail now. Something was there. I mean, it has to have been. We went back later with the night vision scope, and I had my friend walk down the trail to where this thing was at, whatever it was. There was a tree limb right there. And I mean, this tree limb was less than a foot above the top of this thing, if that was really what I was seeing. And looking at my friend underneath that tree limb through the night vision from the same position, that tree limb was almost twice as tall as him. But I mean, twice in one night? I mean, who, who's going to believe that? So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to think. I mean, I still see it in my head. When the night falls... When the shadows become deep and black, the silent pall of evil settles on the earth. Who dares to search? Who dares to see what walks in the night? If you dare, welcome to Sundown 96.6 FM. Sundown966.com for more details and merch. <laughs> Welcome to the movie club. is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him Jaws. <laughs> this is Universal's extraordinary motion picture version of Peter Benchley's best-selling novel, Jaws. I just found out that a girl got killed here last week. And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. You knew it was dangerous. But you let people go swimming anyway. 
dealing with here is a perfect engine uh an eating machine we're not only going to have to close the beach we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark bad fish but i'll catch him and kill him did you hear your father out in the water now this shark swallow you whole you're going to need a bigger boat that's a 20 footer 25 three tons on him He's coming straight for us. Don't screw it up now. Don't wait for me. Now! Shoot! Watch the tail. Give him room. I can't swing or run. Oh! Come quick. I can't hold it. Hurry! None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Jaws. See it before you go swimming. Our last movie club pick was Jaws from 1975, and I chose this movie because I felt like it was a perfect classic summer horror flick. It's not necessarily paranormal, but but it's still just such an excellent movie, such a classic. What did you think, Nick? I loved it. I just didn't remember how scary it was. Yes. I remember watching it as a kid. It made me afraid. Of, there's this one pool that we used to go to, my family and I, a lot. And there were markings at the bottom. And after seeing the movie, I thought the markings was Jaws underneath me while I was swimming. So I just <laughs> swam my little butt off as quick as I could and got, and I ran and like jumped. Like over that spot? It, where it the was around the whole, were? it's like around the whole bottom, like from each side to side. Were they tiles or something? No, or it was like they... length indicators. So if you're like <laughs> swimming, it's like a huge pool. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I was like, oh my gosh, that's like a shark. Um, and yeah, I just remember after seeing this movie, I associated the two and I was like really afraid of that specific pool for a long time. Well, I think I can relate to that. I'm I'm not sure if it came from Jaws because I did see Jaws a long time ago or just movies like this, but we had a cousin who had a pool that had a dark bottom, you know, like people (sighs) who have fancy pools with like, it's not your normal sky blue, you know? Yeah classic in-ground pool or above-ground pool. This was like a fancy, dark blue, deep blue. Yeah. And I would swim in the deep end and get terrified (laughs) because you kind of couldn't see the bottom. And especially as a kid, I don't know, maybe I just imagined too many things. Sure. I actually didn't realize how much of my art is influenced by Jaws because I have a lot of art pieces that have sharks 
surrounding people or, you know, just scary visuals like Jaws. Yeah. And even the cover of Jaws. Oh my gosh, that art is excellent. It's the shark. It's a big shark face and a woman swimming at the top of the water. And I mean, that alone is some of the best movie art I think ever made as far as evoking an emotion of some kind. Totally. And really, it's so, it's not like Alien or some of these other movies that we recommend because Jaws is a real thing. Right. You can I go, mean, a, a real, sh- yeah, a great white exists. Yeah, you can go and see them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what beaches you're swimming that you're seeing them. If you're seeing them, don't be swimming there. But they exist in our world. And so for me as an artist, like Jaws really set a like precedent for aesthetics and for horror and i i forgot that i mean maybe it's just so ingrained in me i feel like a lot of us have watched jaws when we were younger yeah um and it just it gets in your bones jaws does you know a lot of people we recommended this movie and a lot of people said to me they were like oh my gosh i've watched that i won't go in the ocean anymore (laughs) i've you know, I wouldn't go in the ocean for years. Or like you said, like the pool freaked me out. Or... Totally. So that's when, you know, I feel like that you made it a phenomenal film or piece of art in any way that it's evoking that much emotion from people. Yes. So I just, I really respect the movie. It was so much scarier than I thought or remembered. And yeah. it was also gorier than I remembered. Yes, I know. I, th- I thought the same thing. There was like a lot of blood. A I was like, wow, blood. these people are getting just destroyed by this show. <laughs> and taken out. Yeah, so uh, I, I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a fun watch, good throwback. A lot of, like, nostalgia is like, yes. what I was trying to get to. Just, like, I, I really liked it. It's a nostalgic movie. I feel watching it this summer, it might become a traditional summer movie for me because... Totally. Yeah, it was, it was, it's just a great film. The best creature feature. That's a statement. I don't know if it's the best creature. This this is a conversation for another day. Whoa, but. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll put a line in the That's, sand. Yeah, that. we're going to have to revisit this in another episode. Best creature feature. That's a whole other, I'll that's say a whole other box of worms. I'm not backing down. Really? You think that? I said it. I mean it. Wow. I don't know what I would think is best creature feature, but... We'll find out. I don't have to think on that. We'll get to the bottom of yours. I don't. I've never said that. It was that. What was that? French or something? I don't know. Something inside of me just came out. I meant to say we'll find out yours, and my. I don't know if I'm just. It said like it was like oddly suggestive too. We'll get to the bottom of yours. <laughs> if you didn't hear how Nick just said yours, rewind the show. It's like a, so odd. I'm trying to think. It's like it's like an SNL bit. Whenever they're being like super suggestive, and they're like, "Well, like we can go back to your place or something like that." Like like you said, very suggestive. <laughs> like like fake fancy. But fake fancy. Like, fan- what is that? Like, I don't know. Like European or something. Or <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> Let's not insult the, anybody in Europe who's listening to this show. No, no, no. I don't know. <laughs> the way I don't, you said it was just like 
funny. It was weird. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Oh my gosh. That was funny. That was a good one. All right. So we're not having any more fun in Movie Club, though. We're done with the summer picks. We're done with having fun. We got to get to the serious stuff. It's fall. It's Halloween. It's spooky season. We're getting there. Yes. And this week's Movie Club pick. Tell me what it is, Kate. It's Insidious the Red Door from 2023. And you can find it on Amazon Prime. Yes, and I'm not sure where else, but you can definitely find it on Amazon Prime. It is a new movie. It was a big hit horror movie uh, for the summer. If you are into horror, you would probably like this movie. If you are not into horror and you don't want to be scared, watch it anyway. And <laughs> Have some fun. No, I wouldn't recommend it if you're too scared of horror. Pro tip, this is a, a series, or not a series, but a franchise. Yes. I believe this is the, the fifth one watch them all before you watch this like you don't have to do that but it, no, yeah, it'll sure. definitely help yeah you. you obviously don't have to but yeah yeah just give it the full scope so watch insidious the red door from 2023 before next week's new episode just like a saucer just sitting in the air. Travis had that door open and was getting out. And all of a sudden, this foolish light came out. It was blind panic, white knuckles. I hollered out, they got him. Travis! Travis! He was nowhere to be found. This is real life. This is what happened to a man and six other of his crew members. Sheriff showed up. He didn't really believe our story. You killed him, just admit it. He kept telling me, you know, if you just tell us where the body is, we're going to all go home. There was probably 150, 200 people out searching for Travis. Our town had never really had any reporters at all, and then all of a sudden there's, like, people from all different countries. It was scary, really scary. Phone rang, and there was a voice on the other side that said, This is Travis. Come and get me. He seemed really different. He seemed traumatized. He seemed kind of scared. I felt like there was something seriously wrong. It was only a matter of seconds before I realized that these weren't human doctors. This was an alien face. Your reality just becomes so different. It scares the hell out of you. Sometimes it bothers me a lot. Why did it happen? Why was it us? I think people need to realize that we're not alone in the universe. The phenomenon is real. Our scary story for this week is the abduction of Travis Walton. This story is probably my favorite abduction story, and it is also probably the most well-witnessed account out there. I got most of the information for this story from Saucer Co. On Wednesday, November 5th, 1975, after a long day of work in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest in Arizona, Travis and his logging crew of six were riding home when they suddenly noticed a brilliant glow peeking through the trees. As they continued riding down the dirt road, they eventually got close enough to realize the light was emanating from a structured craft. Travis leapt out of the truck to approach the unidentified object as it hovered silently in the clearing. Within moments of his approach, Walton was struck by a vibrant bluish-green beam of light that seemingly came from the bottom of the craft. 
and sent him flying backwards several feet. The immense beam lit up the entire forest, brighter than daylight. The witnesses have compared the beam to a bolt of lightning and a long blue flame. Okay, Nick, so let's talk about this for a second. Yeah, so if you were riding in the back of a truck and saw something like this, would your initial reaction be to run towards it? <laughs> okay, that's my first thing. Okay, so this is, I have mixed feelings about this story because I'm always kind of skeptical, but this is a very good story. That is one flaw in the story that really bothers me. It's like, if you saw this, would you... Why does he jump out of the vehicle and run at it? Right. And the other five people or six people didn't run with him. That's the oddest part. They, it, at some point, didn't he stop and say, hey, guys, come on, or something. You would think. Hey, is anybody following me? Oh, hey, I'll meet you back at the truck. I'm going to go see what this blue beam is. I mean, which would also be weird to do, but <laughs> I guess he did it. So that's an odd hole in the story. Yes, it is. I, I just want to know why he ran towards the light. And maybe he has said, he's done a lot of interviews, and maybe he's said why, but to me it just doesn't seem like the intuitive thing to do. Of course. Seems like the counterintuitive thing to do. Of course. Another interesting thing is Travis actually believes that he died when the beam hit him. At that moment that at that moment sent him flying back feet. He yes. thought he had died. He didn't think he had died. He believes that he did die. Oh. Travis now is still alive. He comes back, spoiler alert, from being abducted. And he believes that when that beam hit him, he died. Wow. And he believes also that the reason he was abducted was because he died in that creatures, aliens, extraterrestrials took him to bring him back to life. That's outrageous. Yeah. So that's that's his where we're take. that's where we're starting. Yeah. So that's what he thinks happened. Okay. Here. So his crew flees after this. Mm-hmm. They they just take off. They see him get blown back by this like tons <laughs> tons of feet. Like yeah. this guy just gets like decimated uh, by yeah. his beam. Kaboom! And his logging crew just spins tires out of there. But then they returned. Then they returned. And where was Travis? He was. And he's gone. He's not there. Travis is gone. But also another sort of hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if your friend runs towards the beam, uh-huh. and I'm not trying to be overly critical of this story because, I mean, it's already kind of a wild story, so yeah. these holes can, you know, be taken with a grain of salt. But if your friend is thrown by the beam that he ran towards, mm-hmm. are you just going to leave him there? I want to know, like, the details after that. Yes. Yeah, like, so- this is day one. You go back, he's gone. What are you doing? Yeah, so these people, and they, they, you can look up interviews with the logging crew. They have talked about this, and they say that they were, like, totally freaked out, and they just took off. And they're just a bunch of, Travis is 22 years old at the time. Right. A bunch of young guys. I mean, it's not the craziest thing. It's just kind of unfortunate that they leave this guy who just gets blasted by this beam, and when they come back, he's gone. 
So they report this whole incident to the authorities. The authorities come to the site. They do a whole investigation. And honestly, everyone is convinced that the crew murdered Travis. Murdered him and got rid of his body because he is not being found anywhere. Right. So they are accused of murder. Uh, The town is like super skeptical of them. The authorities are super skeptical. Like it doesn't make any sense that their friend is just or their logging crewmate is just missing. Right. They all take polygraph tests, with the exception of one of them, who had a fight with Travis that morning and was convinced that they were going to, like, use it against him. And they all pass the polygraph. And when Travis comes back eventually, he, too, passes a polygraph test. Wow. Okay. So that's... That's... This is... This, these are interesting tidbits. Yeah. So the question with this story is, like, did it happen? The interesting part is that you have... Other men who all to this day agree that it did and are terrified by it. Yeah. Based on their interviews and based on their polygraphs. What Caitlin's about to read is Travis's memory of the events that took place. Please keep in mind that what she's about to read is his recollection as a result of being under regression hypnosis. He says he felt a numbing shock and then blacked out. The next thing he could remember is waking up while lying flat in an oddly shaped room. Travis says as he opened his eyes, he suddenly noticed three humanoid creatures standing over him. Walton recalls a strange device placed over his chest, holding him down on the table. Startled by this, Travis got up and grabbed an object to defend himself from the odd creatures. He waved it around in an attempt to threaten them. Travis describes the creatures as being between four to five feet tall, with pale skin and enlarged heads. They had brown eyes and were wearing orange jumpsuits. Once the three creatures left the room, Travis curiously walked around the craft. He soon found himself in a room that resembled a planetarium. Then two more human-looking beings in blue jumpsuits approached Travis and transported him elsewhere. Travis believes he was transported out of the scout ship he was in and taken to another craft. He remembers these beings putting a mask-like device over his face that caused him to black out, but beyond that, he remembers very little. So um, a cool thing about this, too, is if you want a, like a real visual of this event, the movie Fire in the Sky is about Travis Walton. Exactly. And so you can look up that movie and watch it. They do such a great job at depicting this scene specifically. Yeah. Also. And uh, the creatures. And the creatures. So to kind of pair the visual to what you're reading, check it out. If you want to look up and watch Fire in the Sky, it came out in 1993, just for reference. Travis Walton's disappearance had initially been treated as a missing person case. Arizona sheriffs searched for Travis with scent dogs and helicopters throughout the Apache Sitgraves National Forest for five days. The most extensive search in Arizona history came to an end when Travis Walton was returned just miles away from where he had been taken. Just after midnight on Monday, November 10th, 1975, Travis was left laying face down by the side of the road. He says he awoke to see a metallic, mirror-like craft departing above him. 
Travis got to his feet and ran as quickly as he could to find help. Eventually, he found a phone booth at a local gas station in Heber, Arizona, by which he contacted his family. Met with shock and disbelief, Travis was notified that he had been missing for five days. Travis was immediately taken to a hospital that found him dehydrated and noticed a puncture wound in his right arm. He had also lost 12 pounds and had grown five days' worth of facial hair. Five of six witnesses passed polygraph tests, like I mentioned, in the days Travis was gone. It is important to note that if Travis had been hiding or lost wandering in the forest as initially suspected, he would have likely frozen to death at night with temperatures reaching a blistering 8 degrees Fahrenheit. Also, cattle mutilations in the area were being investigated before his abduction. Analysis of the trees directly surrounding the area Travis was struck has shown that they have seen accelerated growth due to radiation exposure, potentially from the UFO. I also watched a documentary that said that these beings, because Travis believes that they brought him back to life and that they saved his life, uh, because he had these puncture wounds in his arm and he wasn't starving, but he he had lost 12 pounds, Mm that they believe the beings knew enough to, like, nourish him with something. Sure. Like, maybe it was um, just, I'm totally speculating here, course, but maybe course. just a bag of... Maybe like an IV. Yeah, like an IV kind of setup of food or something. Supplementation. Yes, but they, they do believe that wherever he was, he was nourished enough to... Kind of stay alive. Yeah, like, and not be uncomfortably hungry or anything but he had lost weight he did grow a beard he was dehydrated he was dehydrated it's an interesting story it is and i think something to note is that these him and these people that were there with him have said the same story for all of these years since 1975 which is wild it reminds me of the aerial school sighting. Yes. I mean, not to the scale of the aerial school, because that was a lot of children who saw something mm-hmm. and a lot of eyewitness accounts. But it's sort of in the same vein of, would these people get together and come up with all these details and really stick to it and put their reputations on the line for what? For what? Exactly. Like, for what? Like, why? What would be the gain? I mean, is it a big practical joke that these guys, like, Travis went and hid in the woods, but that doesn't seem like... I I have seen things that maybe people like Travis and people who were associated with him were into UFOs and science fiction before this abduction. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there has been speculation, like, maybe it was a prank Mm -hmm. or some kind of planned thing. Right. But it's still, like, would these guys stick with it? It seems like a, a, a very small hill to die on yes because once this got the kind of notoriety as quickly as it did and still does kind of what else do you have yeah you know what i mean it really puts one in a corner yeah i don't it doesn't you don't win five million dollars for being abducted or something exactly there's no financial prize there's no as far as reputation or um notoriety i don't even know that it's good like it's capped press i would that you're imagine getting. right yeah not good I, I think it's very limited also it's like how far can you really go yeah with it and 
well, how far can you really go with this? And also, this is kind of the only thing that you can go with because you're now, now just the like, forever yeah. the guy who got abducted in 1975 in the forests of Arizona. Yeah, I mean, it really does put you in a corner. Right. So why they would fake it over all these days and that and the police did a search with dogs and everything the most extensive search up till that time in history in arizona history in yeah. arizona history i mean i don't you know this this case always kind of baffles me and sometimes i really dismiss it and sometimes i'm really into it and it's just one i always return to because just the eyewitness accounts and the fact that the whole community was new about his disappearance. Everybody was searching for this guy is really fascinating. But then I'm hesitant because he remembers a lot of it from hypnosis. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I, that's something that's a Betty and Barney Hill thing, too. They went under hypnosis. And if you're not familiar with that abduction story, I definitely recommend looking that up because it's probably the most famous abduction story. Absolutely. But their memories also come from hypnosis. Hmm. Interesting. It's just an interesting, like, place to be because ah, where did he go and why were these memories only surfaced by hypnosis? Yeah, and then do I want to hang my hat on hypnosis? Like, is that true. is that the evidence? Like, you know, is that scientific evidence? Is that definite it, memories? Is that fact? Right. I don't. I mean, I don't know, but or is it kind of like junk science? You yeah, know? like or <laughs> I just feel like the you know we talk about this podcast. Are we skeptics? Are we believers? And I think we fall somewhere in in the middle, and. But I'm very skeptical of a lot of this stuff. I definitely won't just attach myself to an idea because it seems like, oh, this could be it. This could be cool. And I think the human mind is so capable of coming up with so many crazy things. Yes. Like, we have crazy, impressive imaginations. And so, I don't know. Somebody could come up with anything. I agree. I don't really, I, I almost put a, a period on the end of that because I think you nailed it. You know, I, there's creators and people with such great imaginations that they make entire worlds, you know, Game of Thrones, Lord, Lord of, of the Rings, Rings yeah. Harry Potter, you know, yeah. them, and so much more. Why, and why couldn't, or hasn't, or maybe it had done something like this? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, even if you think you believe it, I think the human mind is capable of more than we even know, and the power of suggestion is very strong, and somebody could maybe have memories or believe things, but if they're, they want to believe those things, you know, I don't know. There are a lot of factors that go into that. It, it would kind of be a different story if he came back and was like, oh my gosh, this is what happened. And granted, I mean, if he's getting hit with the beam of light and he's dying and he's getting revived, <laughs> I don't, if this all happened, I don't suspect that his memories would be perfect. And so it would, it would make sense. There you go. Just for me, I, it's a, it's a fascinating case. It's one I revisit. Um, I just don't know. I'm right there with you. I just, I don't know either. Yeah. The best thing is the witnesses. Yes. 
and not to mention the extensive search that came up empty and the cow mutilations in the area and the heightened levels of radiation like these are weird things that come into play also i feel like yeah i agree it's definitely a case worth keeping in mind definitely and i would love to know more as time goes on and i i do know that travis has a lot of interviews and um he's very vocal about it so you can you can if you're interested in this search it on youtube there's documentaries there's all kinds of stuff anyway so (laughs) with that all said send us your listener stories if you got them absolutely i want to hear your paranormal witness stories yep and you can send them to the cult class podcast at gmail in a voice memo about five to eight minutes is kind of what we're looking for and be sure to watch insidious the red door from 2023 before next week's new episode and with all that said we'll see you next week Thanks for listening. What the hell is he doing out there? Get back to the truck. The hell is that? Get back in the truck. Sundown 96.6 FM Production.